the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the tagger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rush down the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Friday the 3rd, and you're tuned in to Paint Handle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bats since 1995. Mountaineer Kitchens and Bats have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Bats can design your new kitchen or bath. Check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbats.com on Facebook, or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, fellas. Morning. Good morning. What's going on? Happy Friday. Happy, Happy Friday, Friday, indeed. How are we doing? <laughs> doing good. You know, I went the night off last night. I finally got to see Elvis for the first time, biopic on Elvis Presley. It was, it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. It was a good interpretation of the so life So that's of why you got the BB King in there. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, that all makes sense. It all makes sense. It all makes by, sense. Which, by the way, I think that the BB King actor in that movie is unbelievable. He did really good. And the Little Richard actor. Yeah. Oh, man. That that scene where he, Little Richard's in there and the, uh, what's the name of the uh, club in Memphis? Oh, um, I can't. Club Handy, is that what it's called? I think so, yeah. I think, I think that's what they called it. It was, uh, yeah, they had Little Richard singing Tutti Frutti in there. It was pretty. It was a really cool scene. That was a good time. Nice. I haven't seen it. You got to. Great movie. Seen it. Great movie. Um, I mean, Elvis is cool. Whatever. I think it's He's in the top cool five of the, the, the music biopics. Is it better than uh, Walk the Line? No. I love Walk the Line. That's a pretty good movie. It's a good one. That's a pretty good one. But anyways, uh, let's get into a little basketball talk because speaking of a movie, it seems like this playoffs has been a movie, especially uh, the well, the season itself was also uh, kind of that for a couple of these teams around the panhandle. But we got action tonight on WPM and WCST. It's the boys section finals. Yeah, and again, to explain how we're going to put both games on tonight here on WPM and WCST, we'll have Spring Mills against Hedgesville. That's on the air. It's on the main link of the website. You can find that. We'll also be tweeting out and Facebook posting out a link to Parker's broadcast of Jefferson and Musselman, which you can exclusively hear on PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. Easiest way to find that link is, again, to go to the Twitter or Facebook pages. But if you go to uh, the sports tab, the WEPM sports tab on the PanhandleNewsNetwork.com website, and then click on Listen to Live Sports, it'll take you right to that stream. So you got the four teams remaining here. Obviously, this is not an elimination game, uh, but you're playing for home court advantage in the regional finals next Wednesday. Spring Mills and Hedgesville, we've talked about it, guys. They're bleeding. You know, there's very different perspectives from either side of the bracket. Spring Mills is not the same team they were at the beginning of the season, although credit where credit is due to Caleb Thomas, who was named the EPAC Player of the Year in the Martinsburg Journal, and I think more than well-deserved. Averaged a double-double, one of the best shot blockers I've seen at the high school level. He's only a sophomore, but they don't have the same roster they do at the beginning of the season in a good way and a bad way. They're missing star power, but they do have more depth in the name of D.J. Bordley. Hedgesville lost a key starter, but they're also really versatile at those positions. You know, it's going to be fun to see what Ruest can do against Caleb Thomas. 
that's going to be a matchup that's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Boardly matching up with some of the guards that they have. Uh, you know, Bolduc, I'm expecting him to have a really good game, along with Barclay as somebody that I think presents a unique problem that Spring Mills isn't going to be able to match up with. So I expect there to be a lot of offense in this game. And then in the other one, Jefferson against Musselman, You've got the best team in the panhandle and Jefferson made it to a state semifinal last year, want to make it even further this year, and they've got the offense to do so. Not as good defensively as they were a season ago, but a little bit better offensively. And then Musselman's the hottest team in the panhandle right now. You know, they got Wollaston back. They have Colton Shelton now, a freshman point guard, who's been a godsend in terms of their playmaking. McLean's playing better. Mahood's still their leading scorer. They, they play a really interesting brand of offense and defense uh, through Coach Basile where it's, it's up-tempo and transition, but if they get to the half court, they'll slow things down and try to play that post-dominated style of basketball. So legitimately, all four teams could win. You know, the game at Spring Mills, I think the difference in the Spring Mills-Hedgesville game, what it comes down to is going to be home court advantage and the Cardinal Coliseum. The difference in the Jefferson-Musselman game might come down to talent just because, again, I think Jefferson's a little bit better. But Musselman is not the team I'd want to be playing right now. And again, both those games will be on the air, either uh, the radio or on uh, PainHandleNewsNetwork.com tonight. Well, I still think it's uh, Hedgesville. Personally, I'm been, I've, I've been riding with them all year, and it's because I think top to bottom they're built the best. I mean, especially now with Spring Mills. This game, I think, has definitely turned into a game that it's Hedgesville's to lose because of how much Spring Mills, how many dudes Spring Mills has lost this year that have been or were pretty key figures. Yes, Caleb Thomas, like you said, getting EPAC Player of the Year, and he's certainly been the player of the year because of how he's had to step up with a lot of these uh, guys leaving, and he's had to carry a lot of the brunt of the scoring for Spring Mills here towards the end. Now, I'd, I mean, yes, Spring Mills has all these guys that have been able to come off the bench, but I think it's still Hedgesville straight up, and I think it's going to end up being Hedgesville musclemen uh, that have you know that extra little bit to get to Charleston. Yeah, it's going to be exciting on both ends tonight. All four of these teams very well worthy of winning these games. Musselman started their season, believe one in five was where Musselman started. Everyone counted out the Appleman saying, "Okay, they're they're just not going to be in contention this year." They end their season on an eight to two on an eight and two run. The only losses going against Jefferson. There was a there was a seven game win streak in that miss as well, which was a fantastic run. You see them beat teams like Spring Mills, like Hedgesville. So they can hang with some of these teams here. They've had a really great second half. You go in, Jefferson's really been the buzzsaw for Musselman this season. They've played them both times, both losses by about 30 points. So it's going to take an all-out effort for the Appleman to pull off what would be a really high-end upset in the Eastern Panhandle, I think. Jefferson, it, if when all things have changed, we've all had a stock in the horses race of saying, okay, we think this team's going to be the top dog. No, this team's going to be the top dog. Jefferson's been the most consistent team I think of everybody in the panhandle so far. They've had a little hiccups here and there, but overall, when it mattered the most, they were the most consistent towards the end of the season where it really matters. And then you mentioned with Spring Mills and Hedgesville, those two teams, you got a lot of star power there. We mentioned Caleb Thomas winning EPAC Player of the Year. You've got guys on there like Jackson Ruess, like Stephon Barclay, guys that can just explode and score. It's it's all it's all going to come down, I think, to that game over on you guys' side on the Berkeley division. Whoever is the loser of that game, would projectedly we're thinking is going to play Jefferson more or less. It's going to be a tough task for Musselman. I'm not hoping for them to pull off something crazy here. It'd be an amazing story, but it, whoever would lose that matchup in the Berkeley, from what, what we're thinking right now, would have played Jefferson on the road. In the home court advantage, like you mentioned, it's going to be really, I think, the X factor to decide which one of these teams is going to go to Charleston, who's going to be going home. 
if you can host in that region final, it means the world of difference. Because, again, we saw Washington pull a comeback on the girls' side late in that game. What if the what if the courts are flipped and they're in Martinsburg? Are they able to do that? That's, that's the things you got to think about. And getting that home court advantage in the region final is so, so important. Well, what do you guys think? You know, if you would have to put a, you know, guess out there on who was going to win these games and who was going to make their way downstate, who do you think it is? I'll stick with my prediction of a couple, uh, two weeks ago. I think tonight these games are going to be won by Spring Mills and Jefferson. Mm. Uh, however, I have Musselman going to Spring Mills next week and winning to go to join Ooh. Jefferson in the state tournament. I think it's the best team in the panhandle in Jefferson and the hottest team in the panhandle in Musselman that make it down to Charleston. Now, mm. I think I think the loser I, I think the loser of the Spring Mills Hedgesville game tonight is done. I that's my personal I would, opinion. I agree with that. Whoever loses this game, I think their season is done. I, if Jefferson is able to win at home against Musselman tonight and they hold that home court advantage, it's going to be really tough for somebody to go into Jefferson the way they've been playing right now and get a win on the road. So, I that's my first prediction. Whoever loses tonight between Spring Mills and Hedgesville, I think they're done. Now, it, let's just say for hypothetical situation, Musselman loses to Jefferson because looking at statistics-wise, it's going to be a hard task for the Appleman to play with Jefferson. I mean, they, again, they've lost by 30 both times. You go in, let's just say, you say Spring Mills. They go inside to Spring Mills, and they play them a competitive game. I think the Cardinals will win that one, though. I think they just got – they're going to piece it together at the right time. A lot of this season, we thought they were the most talented team in the panhandle. They were the hottest team at the start of the season. Midway through the season, they're playing good. A couple things don't go their way, but I think this is a point where this the refocus is going to get put on this team, and I think that's what's going to cause them to get there. Musselman's been a great story this season, the second half run, but I think the buck will stop in the Cardinal Coliseum. I saw my mm. final prediction is Jefferson and Spring Mills will be the two teams coming out. Man, <laughs> nobody's got any respect on my guys there in Hedgesville. Man. I think they're a great team. They're nobody's fantastic. No oh, trust me. I, I saw them put the it, beat down on Berkeley. I, I, I want them know. to make it. It really doesn't sound like it. Solely by the way that I want to see those warm-ups on the floor down at the Civic Center. I <laughs> see, I want to see them diving across and doing yeah, all exactly. that crazy stuff. Exactly. And I think, I mean, like I said a few minutes ago, I think they're, they're just built the right way. I mean, they're pretty evenly spaced out. Size-wise, they don't have you know just that one guy that they can target that the other teams can target on. That's the tall dude that they're going to try and work their offense through. Um, I think they're built just the best. I think they have the best athletes um, on this team. But on the other hand, Jefferson Musselman, I think that's almost a coin flip at this point, especially with the way Musselman's been going. But I'll go Hedgesville and uh, Hedgesville Musselman. My concern with Hedgesville is can they win the big game? That's that's probably my big concern with Hedgesville. They were swept by. Hey, why not? They were swept by Spring Mills twice this season. That's my concern there. They played them in the Cardinal Coliseum. They lost by 6, 46-40. They lost at home 65-51, which is interesting because if it's a scenario, let's just say Hedgesville loses to Spring Mills, they're going to Jefferson. And here's the wrinkle where all this comes into play. Hedgesville swept Jefferson this season, guys. So that's that throws another wrinkle into the conversation too. We could see an an episode of where Spring Mills and Hedgesville comes in if Jefferson can't piece it together. They beat Jefferson in the final regular season game of the season, sixty four to fifty five. Again, it, it could be a scenario where we see these two teams. It you don't know. It's kind of a rot. It's kind of like a rotation between the three teams we've highlighted this season between Jefferson. Hedgesville and Spring Mills, it seems those three have beaten well, up on each other most of the season. I'll ask you this too quickly. You know, do we know whether or not Spring Mills can win the big game? Because last right. year yeah. they lost to Martinsburg in the semifinals of the section, 
and Martinsburg was the team that kind of went on that run before they were silenced by Jordan, Holmes, and Musselman. And remember, Musselman and Jefferson were the two teams that made it down last year because uh, Jefferson was the best team. They were undefeated, and Musselman was playing their right basketball at the right time of year. Sounds familiar. You know, and Spring Mills, again, got kind of, they got upset. They were younger then, don't get me wrong. And again, we're not casting aspersions at anybody. Right. I'm happy. Whichever two teams make it down to Charleston are going to compete. I really believe that. Uh, but, you know, questions as to whether or not, the thing about, I, I like the most about Musselman, I like all the coaches in the panhandle, but Basile's been there. I mean, Musselman yeah. makes it the state tournament darn near every year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been them and Martinsburg for the last 15 years. And if he's got a good roster, I think he's a difficult coach to prepare for. So that's why I'm leaning their way. But, mm-hmm. you know, the great thing about that is these questions are going to be answered. They're going to start to be answered tonight. And the big thing, too, again, I think the question you mentioned Spring Mills winning the big game. It's, I think, really for the Cardinals' sake, they have to get the win tonight on their home court because they're they're not I don't think they're the same team on the road as they are in the Coliseum. I think they have to find a way to win at home tonight. If they can't, again, I really do think whoever loses this game between Spring Mills and Hedgesville is they're done. I, I really think so. It's it's gonna be a tough task to go into a really good Jefferson team. It all depends on how things stack up, though. That's that's the beauty of postseason basketball. You don't know what you're going to get every single night, and it's we're in for a show. So definitely tune in tonight. Spring Mills is nine and one at home, five and six on the road. Man, you talk about those Hedgesville uh, warm ups. I'm scrolling through Twitter here, and uh, there's a picture up from the Buchanan and Upshur Bridgeport game last night. Those Bridgeport warm ups look pretty sick. I don't know if I know what the Bridgeport. They got the uh, the red and white. Um, the striped pants, striped pants okay. with cursive like old school uh, looking. Bridgeport's, um, Bridgeport's up, won enough. Button up tops. Bridgeport's won enough. Come <laughs> pretty on, pretty cool, pretty cool. It's Hedgesville's turn to shine. That's it's, right. It's whoever's time to shine. <laughs> no, it's the I, Panhandle's time to shine. I think you're right, man. I what do you think? I, I mean, I asked you this about girls basketball. Do you think there's a state champion in the Panhandle? I don't. No, not for not champion, but it wouldn't shock me. If, do you think there's a state finalist in the Panhandle? It wouldn't shock me if two of the four, if both teams won their first game. Yeah. I, I don't know the way you're looking at it. The thing that doesn't make any sense to me, I don't know we're running out of time, is Jefferson, by all estimation, is the best team in the panhandle right now. All three of us have said that. I think the people, but mm-hmm. the AP still ranks Spring Mills higher. Right. Uh, that's what I don't understand. You know, the power index still ranks Spring Mills just a little bit higher. So Jefferson's going to get screwed over in their tournament seating, no matter what, which is a shame because if they were a five seed or higher, I would favor them in a first round game. But if they have to start by playing GW or Morgantown, then they're not going to win. No. So it really comes down to what seating's going to be. But yeah, I, I would expect whatever combination to have two very competitive games. Neither of these teams is going to lay down, uh, and I think they're going to be tough to prepare for. Man, I forgot that Cause was down at the state wrestling mm-hmm. tournament too. Yeah, I have to get a call in. Went because I don't know. I mean, that'd be cool. We, there's got to be some local guys. There's definitely local kids Spring down Mills there. Spring Mills is, Mills is yeah. like they're going to win it, right? Yeah, yeah they yeah. should win the whole thing. Musselman sent a couple of yeah, wrestlers yeah, yeah, down yeah. there, and uh, we'll try to update people yeah. on that on Monday's show when we have a little bit clearer of a picture. Yeah, we'll have to get Cause call in. They could call in and uh, give us an update. Let's, let's hope so. In fact, Spring Mills is in second place right now. Yeah, oh, I was going to say. Go. Yeah, I remember um, uh, Coach Reiser, um, athletic director, saying uh, he was getting ready to spend, what, like a month down there because of the wrestling tournament and then the girls' tournament, basketball tournament, yep. and then he was thinking about the boys' basketball but, uh, tournament as well. Shout out to the Martinsburg Journal. Get some wrestling coverage over That's from right. our boy Cos. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. We'll be back uh, here after the break with more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network. 
Welcome back to Paint Handle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Of course, we've got you covered for your uh, men's playoff action here in the EPAC, but we've also had you covered for your girls' playoff action here in the EPAC. We're going to be chatting with uh, Washington girls basketball coach Rashawn Edwards here after our next break at the bottom of the hour. Now, I'll be interested to hear his thoughts, especially after, because uh, we didn't have uh, a ton of time to talk to him after <laughs> their win uh, just a few days ago. But I'm excited to hear about, you know, their trajectory through this, uh, you know, season because the EPAC girls basketball, I mean, it was a little top heavy, I guess you can say, with Spring Mills. But once you got past that, everybody was pretty much neck and neck with one another. So uh, I'm sure it was a tough season to navigate, but we'll be chatting with him here uh, after the break. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's a young Washington team. I think we're looking at the future of EPAC uh, girls basketball as well as the present with them and Spring Mills being the team to beat. You know, Jefferson was senior heavy. I know Martinsburg's got some younger players that were fun in that game, but their leading scorer this season was a senior. Um, What's he going to do to look and build? And uh, uh, I I think that over the last couple of years that uh, Jefferson, especially Martinsburg's gotten some state championships, has kind of changed the perception of boys EPAC basketball on the state level. Uh, girls a little bit behind that. So hopefully these two teams are able to, to, to rectify and remedy that. I was watching Parker type into the uh, into the Google Doc here, and I saw him put Glenville, and I was waiting to see what that next word was going to be, and started with, says Downs, former Shep women's basketball coach. <laughs> so that's what I wanted to see. Frostburg gets beat, huh? Yeah, Frostburg got beat last night from number one C Glenville State. They uh, they don't, I think it was one. They put 103 points off. <laughs> I mean, Glen, Glenville's just another beast right now. Is that world. how many did they return from Glenville? The, yeah. I think a few of them. They lost a lot. They, did they? they yeah. I thought they did. A lot of them did. transferred, didn't they? Yeah, because I mean, there was a brief second where people were trying to convince us that they weren't going to be good again, right. and we were like, yeah. all right, relax. They're but they They're lost a, both the men's and the women's team in Glenville lost a lot. Huh. They really well, did, though. They, <laughs> I think 103 to 66, I think, was the final score of the Glenville and they Shout out Coach Jack, game. but good. Yeah, I mean that's that's just when you you're going to play the number number one team in the region, a top five team in the nation, and you you had probably one of the better rosters in a long long time on the women's side when she was at Shepherd and they came up short in that one. I fully expected this one, but how about those kitties yesterday, guys? Concord <laughs> pulled off a massive upset in the MEC women's tourney. They were a seven seed. They beat number two seed West Virginia State in OT. Shout out. They are going to the semis. They're going to play Charleston. I am so excited for that. That I saw that pop up on my time. I was like, yes, that was huge. That was huge. I love it. Love it so Man, much. I'm trying to find the fight song for it. Do you know what the fight song is for Concord? No clue. <laughs> Does anyone know what their fight Does song is? Does anyone know what their college fight? Well, what's the what's West Virginia one, Luke? It's Hail West Virginia, right? Yeah. It? yeah. It's not to fear the gangs all here, so hail the West Virginia hail. Come and on. And I also need to know, um, and now I'm forgetting which school it is. Um, oh, who was it? East Strasburg. Their uh, uh, fight song. I need to figure Westchester's out Westchester's what... the Olympics theme. Yeah. That was, was Yeah, it's kind of bizarre land when you're sitting the there. B- most game. underrated fight song, to be fair, because their athletics are horrible. <laughs> West Virginia Wesleyan. 
Their What's fight theirs? song is unbelievable. What is it? Uh, it's hard to find. Believe it or not, if I if we can get that, if I can get that to you, I absolutely yeah, will. That'd be pretty cool. Pretty cool. But stick around here in a few minutes after the break. We're going to be chatting with the Washington girls basketball coach Rashawn Edwards. There, they have punched their ticket to Charleston. We had that game, and the, the highlights are over on our uh, Twitter page at EP Sports Network. If you want to go back and listen to that, uh, and hear our very brief interview at the time with Coach Edwards. But we'll catch what up with him after the break on Panhandle Sports Live on W. PM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. Check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Icewinter alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And joining us on the line is Washington girls basketball coach, Rashawn Edwards. Coach, how you doing? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing good. And congratulations, punching your ticket to Charleston. How's it feel? Um, feel feels great. Feels great. Uh, you know, girls are excited. Um, I'm excited for them. You know, we've... Uh, gone through a lot this year but for them to be here at this point I'm, I'm extremely proud of them well it's nice to be able to get to talk to you a little longer than we uh, had <laughs> after the game and I also appreciate everybody uh, that was at the game for not dumping all of that Gatorade on you while you were talking to us but uh, it had to that had to have felt pretty good to be able to you know celebrate with the team and you know all your fans there at home for you know, the first time in school history getting able or being able to get down to Charleston um, yes, it really did. And, you know, that was a couple things that we had discussed earlier in the season, you know, just trying to take care of what we could take care of, control what we can control. And, um, you know, we definitely wanted a home game uh, just because, you know, who really wants to go on the road to play a playoff game. So, um, you know, it was definitely better for us to get some familiarity with our court. And, you know, so those were those were big deals for us. And we had a great support group. You know, everyone came out. We had a great uh, student section, so it was it was tremendous for those girls to experience that. Well, coach, I'll ask you what I did in the post game of that game as well. It was, I believe, nineteen to six at one point. You guys don't get the lead back really until about halfway through the fourth quarter. I mean, how did the the, the girls, I guess, kind of stay resolved, stay competitive in that game? What was the halftime vibe like? I mean, what was it that helped you guys propel back in uh, to take the lead and then win by thirteen? Um, honestly, this wasn't just that night. Um, you know, like I gotta say we've, when I tell you, we've been through, you know, some different things this season, we've, we've been through a lot. So, um, the adversity part of it, they've gone through it early. You know, we, we went to, we went to wheeling the first two games of the season. Um, so we, we had two tough games down there. Um, and then we had some, we had some tough games throughout the, throughout the rest of the season as well. So, it wasn't anything that we weren't familiar with. Um, and our main thing was we just have to keep playing hard, have to keep competing um, and, and doing what we're supposed to do. And then we let everything else take care of itself. Um, our halftime vibe, they never, they were never down. They always thought that they could still win the game. So that was that, and that's been our approach. And I think that just attributes to, you know, just our, our scheduling early in the season and, you know, just being, being able to continue to compete throughout the entire part of the season. And uh, coach, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Lexi wasn't there for the Jefferson game. Was dealing with a little right. bit of a stomach bug. Was she 100 percent in that game against Martinsburg? And is she back to 100 percent as you guys go down to Charleston? 
Yeah, she yeah, she's gonna be back one way or the other. She needs to be back hundred percent. But yeah, she definitely um she was back. She was dealing with the you know, dealing with that bug the uh, the sectional championship game. So um, you know, we just had uh but, you know, no one at the end of the day I told them no one cares. You know what I mean? We we're not gonna make the excuse. We still have a job to do and you know, it's just next person up and we you know, we're gonna ask different things from different players and you know they stepped up to the challenge Uh, they definitely stepped up to it and coach we were talking yesterday on the show about you and spring mills going to the state tournament and the youth on Mm -hmm. both those sides specifically on your team you look down your roster sophomore 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 freshman sophomore Mm -hmm. freshman just a bunch of underclassmen in those ranks how do you feel about the future of this team because we think there's potentially some future runs in charleston as well for you all too you know um at the beginning of the season, we 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 knew what we we knew what we had coming in. You know, we just took a look at the roster, and um, so we we just said, "Look, uh, Coach Grantham and I, we were you know just talking about it, and basically it was like, look, at the end of the day, you're varsity basketball players. That's what it is. That's who we are, and we can't make the excuse that you're going to be young. So that's just how we're going to carry it. So we brought it up early in the season, and then this is the last time we're going to discuss it. So. Um, and that's what we did, and we treated them as kind of upperclassmen. We did we did ask them to do, um, you know, just grow up, um, start to mature. And we had, you know, we had some challenges with maturity, but you know, they're starting to grow up. When the, you know, they did that throughout maybe three quarters of the way through the season. You start, you definitely started to see a change in every aspect and on and off the court. Well, Coach, now turning attention to your first-round opponent, uh, obviously a tough draw for you guys in, in Wheeling Park going up against a really tough player in Alexis Bordas. Obviously, without giving too much away, how, how deep have you gotten into the film study of uh, uh, Wheeling Park, and what are we to expect from you guys in that matchup? Um, you know, the, the same thing is just going going to compete. You know, we're, we're here now. Like we told them, everyone's 0-0 zero zero now, so it doesn't, doesn't matter. Your seating doesn't matter. Um, you know, that's just the path we have. So, you know, we're not going to back down from the challenge. Bordis is definitely tough. Um, either point guard, uh, you know, Lala is, is tough as well. You know, got a chance to see her early in the summer um, a little bit. So, you know, she has a high, very high IQ, understands the game at a high level. They play hard. They compete. So we just have to match that intensity. We're not, you know, we're not going there just to be there. It's not a, you know, we're going to go compete. We're going to go play hard and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Well, Coach, we talked about how young your team is, but the youth is spread out pretty much across the EPAC in general. So it's got to feel pretty good for you to know that you have, you know, this youth on your team now and you can, you know, work with them these next couple of years. But what's it uh, what's it feel like knowing that the rest of the EPAC is also kind of dealing with uh, that same thing as well? Yeah, we, that was um, – and that, that was another part of that too because we all – we knew that everyone else – I'm like, well – you know, even Spring Mills, uh, Martinsburg, they have a lot of young pieces in there. They have a lot of young talent. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go any way. So we're not going to make, it doesn't go away. We're not, we're just, so that's the other part of that. We're not going to make any excuses on, you know, the youth aspect of this. We just have to go and, and play basketball and try and play and play the right way. That's all this, that's all it's ever been, you know, our conversation. So, you know, but it, it does feel good to have some, um, you know, some young pieces there, but at the same time, you know, we're just going to, we expect them to play. We expect them to go out and compete and that regardless of their class. 
And we're speaking with Washington girls basketball coach Rashawn Edwards. They've punched their ticket to Charleston. And, Coach, congratulations and good luck, and thank you for joining us this morning. Oh, absolutely. Thank you guys for having us. No problem. Again, Rashawn Edwards, Washington girls basketball head coach, joining us live here on Panhandle Sports Live. And uh, I think they got a pretty good shot, uh, you know, working their way down to Charleston. Yeah, I think so. So we should have specified by saying that was their first game of the year. They played Wheeling Park, and mm-hmm. the final of that game was 80-30. to 30. But it's two very different mm-hmm. teams. Alexis Bordas, obviously, is somebody that can get 25, 30 points a game. It's a tough challenge for Wheeling Park, who also has some pretty good size. But, you know, you're talking about Mary Rivera is a very different player from the first game of the year. Lexi Adams, very different player for the beginning of the year. Ida be one of the few upperclassmen that they have. She's different. So I, I think that they're going to present some different challenges this time for Wheeling Park. While obviously conventional wisdom would keep with the Patriots, obviously, well, that's Wheeling Park, the Patriots. That's going to be fun for the broadcast team. I just realized <laughs> that Patriots against Patriots. But um, it's, 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 the conventional wisdom would favor Wheeling Park. Um, Washington's got nothing to lose. And what's more important is, obviously, it'd be great for them to go on a run uh, run and win a state championship, but everybody's coming back. So this team, it's more so about what Spring Mills did the last couple times they made the state tournament. Mm -hmm. Get the experience. So once you get better, and now you get a little bit more respect next to your name, and you get a better number next to your name, you can make more and more of a deeper run. uh, And that's what I'm expecting for them to do. And it's exciting, too, because you look at the team last year for the Patriots. They had a great record, 16-7 and on their season, but they dropped their two playoff matchups, and you can attribute that to inexperience, possibly. They lose to Jefferson in the sectional final, then losing to Spring Mills in overtime in the regional final. That You go 16-7 and in your season, and you end up missing the state tournament. I'm sure that was disappointment on Coach Edwards and the rest of that team. Less record this year, you finish up at 12-11, and but you find yourself in – through thick and thin, you heard Coach Edwards talk about maybe some maturity growing up a little bit. They had a four-game losing streak in the middle of January, and then they kind of rallied things together, put things together at the right time, and found their way into the state tournament. And you mentioned before, those two sophomore guards and Adams and Rivera, they're fantastic players, both of them. And they're going to provide a challenge to Wheeling Park. I know a lot of people are picking the Wheeling Park Patriots to be state champions on the girls' basketball side. Don't count out Washington. They, they have the pieces and the youth and maybe the – unknown to pull off an upset in Charleston. So that's going to be an exciting matchup whenever it goes down. And we appreciate Coach Edwards calling in and uh, hanging out with us a little bit here on Panhandle Sports Live. If you missed any of that conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. We'll get to our final break a little early. We'll come back. We'll get Parker's picks, and we'll we'll talk a little national sports on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Mix up your sports coverage with Panhandle Sports Live. Heard on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens of Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensofbath.com. On Facebook, or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 luck. Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. Well, it was a goose egg to start off March. Thankfully, we bring it back two out of three. Both bonus picks hit yesterday. Luka Doncic, I picked over 30 and a half points. He goes for 42 as Kyrie and Luka combined for 82 to beat the Sixers 133 to 126, which means the overall points hit last night, too, for that game. Those checked out. But sadly, lock of the day didn't hit. Paul George ended up only scoring 11 points. He needed 23 as the Clippers blew. I think it was like an 11-point lead. I caught the tail end of the game last night. 
the Clippers had like an 11 point lead in quarter number three. So I was thinking, okay, well, Paul George might not be able to get it because it might just be a blowout. They might pull him. Well, the Warriors go on like a 38 to like eight run in the third quarter. Jordan Poole turns into Steph Curry all of a sudden, scores 22 out of his 34 points in the third quarter. And the Warriors end up blowing out the Clippers 115 and 91. And they pull they pull Paul George because I think him and Poole collided in the fourth quarter. So they just pulled him and took him out for the rest of the game. So we were two for three for yesterday. And going into your weekend, we got you covered. This is a combo for Friday and Saturday. So my lock of the day, and this is going to be a first for Parker's Picks. We're going UFC for Parker's Picks lock of the day. John Bones Jones is coming back to the octagon after a long layoff. He's moving up from a light heavyweight to a heavyweight. I got him winning against Cyril Gain. That if you could stay up for that fight, that's going to be the main event of one F- UFC 285. There you go. Nice, hey. nice, uh, nice horn there. Good. It's uh, not a horn. It's a bell. bell. Horn bell. Got a boy. There you go. The little laugh. The horn there. says. Yeah, the horn says. Ding, ding, ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> Bones Jones with the win over Cyril Gain in his first heavyweight fight. That's going to be at Sunday at 12.05 a.m. That's the projected time of the fight. So if you're up for it, it, it should be a fun one, though. It's been a while since John Jones has gotten into the octagon. Are you going to pull up some uh, Michael Buffer? Uh, no. no. It was just, it wasn't. It was, uh, I thought that was going to be a lot cooler than it was. You know how much he's got that copyrighted? And, um, oh, did we just get sued? So well, no. I take it back. <laughs> I saw nope. a thing where he uh, heard it on like a commercial and just went, "Well, they're getting sued," and just pointed at somebody and they sent out an email. And then there gosh. you go. So be Whoops. careful. It's like he, saying the big game instead of the Super Bowl. He, well, you're just now allowed to say March Madness. Really? Really? I think was that? Well, I'm sure it was. Yeah. The big tournament. <laughs> the big tournament. Yeah. The big basketball game. Big basketball game. But speaking of which, uh, there were some big NBA games. And, um, well, what are some of the national headlines, Park? Oh, let me finch Parker's picks. First. Oh, so we got, we, we, we got we got too deep into John Bones okay. Jones. All right, so Bones Jones with the win. I got it is Friday night Knicks again tonight. So I am picking the Knicks to keep it rolling against the Miami Heat tonight. They're playing in Miami. I think they're going to get the win. The Heat have had kind of some struggles this season. Knicks win. And then Kevin Durant, he's playing his second game with the Phoenix Suns. He scored, I believe, 22 in his first outing against the Hornets. I think he gets over that. I think it's 23 or more points for Katie tonight against the Chicago Bulls. As he gets things heating up in Phoenix, and they are going to make a deep run. Hopefully, I like to see the Suns get into the NBA Finals. I think it's either going to be them or it's going to be Denver going to the Finals out of the Western Conference. But John Bones Jones to win his lock of the day for your weekend. Knicks beat the Heat. Katie, 23 or more points against the Bulls. All right. Is that that it? Yeah, that's it. That's all the That's all the picks for the <laughs> weekend. Okay, well, what do we got for uh, national stuff going on? Nationally, yeah. So, NFL Combine Day 1 was yesterday. It was defensive linemen and edge rushers, and it was it was a pretty fun time. I got to see some of the guys. Big winners from the Combine, Nolan Smith from Georgia, the edge rusher. Oh, my goodness. He put on a show. Ran a sub 4-4-40, which is absolutely astounding for an edge rusher. He had, I think it was a combine record for an edge defender for the vertical leap. I think it was like 41 and a half inches or something like that. Something ridiculous. He He's locked himself into a first round pick now. I think he's going to go top 20. Sneaky guy if things work out. He's a really high character guy too. I think he could go top 10. I really do. He he just has those possessive traits. He's a former number one overall recruit out of high school. I, don't be shocked if Nolan Smith might go top 10 in the draft and he keeps rising. Kalijah Cansey, I, I hate praising a pit guy, but Kalijah Cansey put together a really good 40. It's the fastest 40-yard dash time 
at least since 2006 for the combine. He ran a 4.67 at a D tackle, and this dude's, I think, like 280. Insane. And then uh, make sure I get this name right. Adatomima Adabaro from Northwestern. He put together a really good combine performance. I think has solidified himself into the early second round as well. Some WVU love. Dante Stills ran the 40. He ran a 4.92, which, you know, isn't too bad for Dante Stills. He's kind of borderline I think getting drafted getting not at this point I think somebody if some if he will get drafted it's gonna be a late round flyer on Dante Stills but overall pretty good day for the defensive linemen and linebackers for the most part fun to see those guys and then we'll see some more of the bigger guys coming out today I believe it's offensive linemen today I think they're last offensive linemen yeah, they're back on the last days well, I think who would be today because I know the quarterbacks and the quarterbacks and that's Saturday yeah just today receivers Probably. I think today, I think you're right. I think it might be receivers and tight ends today. I'll take a peek at it. Yeah, you go take a peek there. Uh, Also, in college basketball news, we talked earlier this week about Detroit Mercy's Anton Davis making his way towards Pistol Pete's D1 scoring record. He missed a three at the end of the final regular season game to tie the record. He apparently had a really cold shooting night. He scored 22. He needed 26. So he will maybe get a chance to chase it. They could enter the cbi which is i believe it's the college basketball invitational it's one of those minor tournaments outside of the ncaa tournament i I realistically i think they'll probably just enter that so he can get the scoring record and get done with it detroit mercy they've had a rough go of it for a while now i believe they haven't made the ncaa tournament in over a decade but he's three points shy well four points shy now of breaking pistol pete's all-time record if they're going to see get the chance to do that as well as well as the man who brought Pro football to the Carolinas. Jerry Richardson passed away yesterday at the age of 86. He was the original owner of the Carolina Panthers. He sold this team back in 2017. But the man who brought football to the Carolinas in the pro sense has passed away. So that's all the big news nationally. And again, I believe, did you get the final on that? What's yeah, today? Defensive for, backs today. Defensive backs today for the NFL Combine. So we'll have to see who comes out of there. A lot of guys I like Devon Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, Brian Branch. A lot of fun defensive backs to keep an eye on for the combine. Uh, and a couple other headlines, if you don't mind, really quickly. The Martinsburg Journal led or named the uh, first and second team all EPAC. We talked about Caleb Thomas being mm-hmm. first team all EPAC. Uh, Reagan Edsel was the uh, player of the year for girls basketball. And the first and second teams can be found in said Martinsburg Journal. Um, also, the uh, PSAC Conference put out their uh, first and second team, newcomer of the year, coach of the year, et cetera, for women's hoops. Uh, no shepherd names at all in that game. Or that list, unfortunately. Uh, and then WVU basketball already picked up a commit for next year. Uh, and Omar Silvario, who was at Hofstra, sat out because he went to Manhattan and got in the same mess that Jose Perez was in and left. Those two are apparently childhood friends. Uh, they're similar players. He's an elite free throw shooter, an efficient three point shooter, but really not much of a playmaker. He's six foot three. So he's a less physical version of Perez, who's significantly more efficient. So those are already two players for next year that have significant college basketball experience, uh, although they haven't both played in a year. Uh, that are certainly going to be fun to watch. So shout out to Bob Huggins already getting a commit. So what's the deal with the uh, kid from Manhattan? Perez, yeah. the same thing. They've rejected his waiver. So him and this Silverio are, again, both guys that got screwed yeah. over by Manhattan who will be eligible next year. They both have one year of eligibility. Now, Perez has been really cryptic on Twitter about whether or not he's still going to come to WVU or right. whether he's going to go somewhere else. But I think Huggins has brought this guy in because, A, he's a good player, and, B, because he's uh, Perez's friend and he wants them to play together. 
So hopefully it works out. Dude, you bring up, you say it on the air, something about West Virginia Wesleyan, and I get on Twitter, refresh it. First thing I see is a post from West Virginia Wesleyan baseball. Dude, man, the fight song, man. It's 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 yeah, catchy. Unreal. It's catchy. It says wheels on the bus go round and round. Oh, Bobcats man. are bound Dead. for Florida. All right, <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. I don't know if college baseball Twitter's uh, if not the Twitter yet. pages have gotten to where like football and basketball pages have gotten to. Not there yet. Not I there don't yet. Think quite yet. Quite yet. But just a few minutes left here, fellas. Uh, what are we looking forward to towards uh, the weekend? Since it's big uh, thing on the edge. Big XFL matchup. This right. Oh, Sunday yeah. at Lemons, uh, the Lemon Party is going to be happening down in uh, D.C. again. I'm there telling you, you, I got a I got a fire tweet that ready to go, ready to go to the Beer Snake Twitter, which is then <laughs> going to go to the masses. There you go. To the masses. I'm oh ready for the gosh. beer sake. Apparently, they've uh, pestered Audi Field security enough they're not and like touch management it. that they're not going to touch it and they're going to let them do whatever they want. There you go. Which, power of the people, man. Power of the people. I don't know if you want to get into a drinking contest with people from St. Louis, though. They might uh, put you under the table. Yeah, right, dude. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. There's always so much slander, so much slant towards um, St. Louis and everything, man. <laughs> what about you, Park? Say we're we're ready for an XFL game. St. Louis Battlehawks and the uh, DC Defenders. What do you got? What are you looking forward to? Uh, it's gonna be weird not going out and doing something this weekend. I think I'm leaning towards going to see the old folks back at home this weekend oh, for go. a little bit. The I haven't I haven't seen it for a while. Folks. The old folks to celebrate with the brother after his big yeah. I gotta yeah. gotta go celebrate down that way. Haven't seen the dogs in a while too, and yeah, it should be a fun little weekend. That's the plan as of right now. As long as the weather cooperates, should be a good little time just to go see everybody and just take a weekend. Nice. Well, we still got what. <laughs> Still a minute time. and a half, so anything else you guys want to talk about? Okay, since we got a little bit, how about this? Uh, have you guys seen the big game boomer ranking of uh, college basketball positions all time? Yeah, Jerry West I was the second shooting guard. Yeah, and he wasn't the shooting guard. Yeah, well, in college uh, he was. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Kind of a hybrid. Kind of like a... Well, well, I love Juan Dixon getting into top 10. Game. Juan Dixon top 10 was awesome. Shout out to John Lucas and Steve Blake making the top 25 point guards list too. Yeah, yeah. St- Steve Blake, that's a... If you were to pull like random backup NBA point guard, Steve Blake is like the number one name that pops into the head. And Juan Dixon. People forget he had a little bit of a career. Hey, I'll, but I'll, Steve, he, he went to LA and played for a while. I'll throw another uh, backup point guard shout for you from Maryland. Yola, Grievous Vasquez. What about Grievous? He's back a point guard. He's right? the man. Yeah, he was just back in College Park for a game the other day. Look at that. We gotta yeah. love it. Shout out to General Grievous. General, General Grievous. Grievous, dude. Him, I'll never forget um, when they went to Duke his senior year and he went off. It was him and Greg Pulich just going back and forth and he went off for like 35 points and was just doing, just taunting the crowd the whole time. Loved it. It was like being up at East Strasburg with Carson Poffenberger <laughs> on the sidelines, just getting accosted the whole time. But if you missed any of the show today, you can uh, listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Panhandle Live is next. Have a good one. Uh, we got, oh, your uh, basketball tonight right here, in the, uh, right around 7 o'clock, Spring Mills and Hedgesville in playoff action. But have a good weekend. Talk to you on Monday. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.